We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Okay, uh, the show today is a much different show than I thought it would be. Okay, for starters, Tommy is not back from vacation. I thought he was. I'm sure he told me he was off today. I don't know why I said on the podcast he would be back with me today. Maybe I was just hoping he would be back with me today. Um, He must have told me, and I'm sure he would say, per usual, I wasn't really paying attention to him. But I guess I just figured that... Uh, it would take you know no more than a week to drive back from Florida to the D.C. area. It's going to take he and his lovely wife, Liz, two weeks to drive back. Now, there's a reason for that. They have turned it into an adventure of sorts, and you can follow um, what they've been doing uh, on their drive back uh, on Twitter. Just follow Tommy on Twitter. Um, and he will uh, he's been updating uh, everybody on all of their uh, historic stops that they've been making along the way. So that's one of the reasons the show is much different than I thought it would be today. But the other reason, of course, is that Russell Wilson got traded to Denver. So I had a show done. I have scrapped that show. This show is going to be a short show, but it's going to be about Russell Wilson. Uh, being or the agreement that Seattle has made with Denver to trade Russell, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, uh, a trade that will only be finalized when the league calendar um, begins next week, when the new league year begins. If you missed the details, the Broncos are sending Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick to the Seahawks for Wilson and a fourth-round pick. So a quarterback in Drew Locke, many have reported that Seattle coveted Drew Locke in that 2019 draft. They had high grade, a very high grade on Drew, on Drew Locke. So there was a, a quarterback on Denver's roster that Seattle was halfway interested in, you know, as a filler or as a bridge to something else, or maybe they believe Locke can become something. Um, in Seattle. They get a very good tight end in Noah Fant, a really good defensive lineman in Shelby Harris, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and a fifth-rounder for Wilson um, and a fourth-rounder back. Uh, Denver um, is an AFC team, 
And when I first heard this news break uh, earlier today, my first thought was something that I've talked about, which is if Wilson or Rodgers gets dealt, those two teams, Green Bay and Seattle, are going to prefer to trade those quarterbacks to an AFC team, not an NFC team. You know, it's one thing to trade Donovan McNabb when he's washed up in the division. It's another thing to trade 34-year-old Russell Wilson to a team that may beat you out for a playoff spot uh, next year or the year after, or three years from now. So that was my first reaction was AFC team. Then I wanted to know, well, how close was Washington to getting Russell Wilson? Uh, Because I know that Russell Wilson would not have opposed a trade to Washington, Um, but was Washington aggressive in their offer? And when I saw the package, I thought it was a pretty sweet package that Seattle, Seattle got back for Russell Wilson, but I didn't think it was a package that Washington couldn't have topped. You know, and so I, when I saw the compensation, I thought, well, Washington wasn't aggressive enough. They got outbid. But um, I had multiple sources tell me that Washington offered Seattle. Remember, we had the report from uh, Ian Rappaport last week that Washington had offered multiple first round picks. Um, per sources, Uh, I learned this afternoon that Washington's offer to Seattle from a draft pick standpoint was a more attractive package of draft picks than Seattle sent to Denver. Let me be clear on something. That doesn't mean that the offer overall was a better offer. Their draft uh, pick package was better than the two firsts, two seconds, and fifth rounder that Denver included, along with Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris in the deal. What does that mean? It means, more likely than not, Washington offered three first-round picks, this year's, next year's, and in 2024, and at least one, if not two, later-round picks. Cannot define what that means, later-round picks, but more likely than not, like a third and a fifth. Something like that. Somewhere in that general area. Three firsts and called a third and a fifth would be a better draft choice package than what Denver offered Seattle. But then you get to the other part of the deal, the players. Well, I also learned that Washington was willing to part with players. But when it got to that part of the discussion with Seattle, Seattle put the brakes on the conversation and said, our preference is to trade Russell to an AFC team. We don't need to discuss players at this point. And they were clearly also talking to Denver at that time because it's been reported that the wor- uh, this deal Uh, with Denver, has been in discussions now for two weeks. So if you go back and say earlier last week, Washington offered multiple first-round picks, which is what Ian Rappaport had, and I'm telling you that they offered more than just multiple first-round picks. They offered a a pick package that that exceeded Denver's. 
which more likely than not meant three ones and then two two later round picks. I am guessing that it was like a third and a fifth. Let me also just make sure uh, that I'm clear on one thing. I believe that the more attractive package of picks included three ones. Um, it is possible because I had another source tell me that it may have been two ones, two twos, two threes, and a couple of other picks, which also would have been a more attractive pick package. But I believe that it was more likely than not three number ones and then two later round picks. And Washington was willing to part with players. I don't know which players. According to my sources, it never got to the point where they were talking players because Seattle put the brakes on the conversation because their preference, and it was made clear to Washington, that their preference was to go down the path of first trying to trade Russell Wilson out of the conference to an AFC team. So they got a blockbuster package one in which Washington may have been able to exceed with players involved in it, um, but this was what Pelissaro called uh, from the NFL Network, Seattle looking for a transformational type of trade. I don't know if I would describe this as that, but they were looking for an offer they couldn't refuse or they were going to keep him, and their preference, again, was AFC team. Others have reported they were never going to trade Wilson to another NFC team. And again, my source tells me that Washington was told that their preference was an AFC team first. And they were going to go down the path of negotiating with uh, interested AFC teams first. Um, I don't know if they would have circled back to Washington had a deal with Denver fallen through or if Denver hadn't come up with a with an offer they couldn't refuse uh because it certainly sounded to me like Seattle made it very clear that uh that you know they they didn't want to proceed with the discussion until they had an AFC team offer them something that they couldn't refuse had an AFC had more discussions with AFC teams. Look, I've talked about this a lot. You know, it's not, you know, as I mentioned, I think, uh, it's not McNabb at the end of his career with nothing left to Washington within the division. Okay. D- D- Russell Wilson's 34 years old. He's got four to six, who knows, four to five more years of probably high level quarterbacking. Now, remember, Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause, so he's got to approve this. Um, and, uh, you know, according to you know all reports, Wilson's going to approve this, and he's going to waive the no-trade clause, allowing Seattle to deal him to Denver. Now, does that mean that Russell Wilson didn't want Washington? Well, I've already told you Seattle didn't want to deal Wilson within the conference. Um, I learned during Pro Bowl weekend that Wilson would not have been opposed to being traded to Washington. But Denver is, I think, for Wilson, more attractive than Washington. Denver's got a better roster than Washington's, even after dealing Fant uh, and Shelby Harris. You know, Drew Locke, take Drew Locke out of the equation. Okay, Fant's a really good tight end. 
Um, they have a really attractive roster. This has been one of those teams over the last couple of years that truly has been a quarterback away. I mean, they've got Cortland Sutton. They've got Jerry Judy. They've got Tim Patrick. They've got K.J. Hamler. They've got uh, the two young – they've got the super, the, the, the super rookie back in Javante Williams. Uh, they've got Melvin Gordon in the backfield. They've got Bradley Chubb, Patrick Sertan. You know, they're loaded – They've got a team that truly is a quarterback away. Now, they're in a brutal division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and then Vegas with Carr, if Carr's still there. But also add to this, Nathaniel Hackett is an offensive head coach. So Russell Wilson, for the first time in his career, is going to have an offensive head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, a guy that you know people swear by in this league. So... The Denver thing for Wilson, even though, you know, I learned two weeks ago that he would not have opposed a trade to Washington, it didn't mean that he preferred Washington to anybody else. The Denver situation for him, it's a better roster with an offensive-oriented coach, uh, you know, that is really built to win and contend. I think their odds to win the Super Bowl dropped from plus 1,400 to like plus 650. Something like that. Um, so there you go. So Russell Wilson, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, after Aaron Rodgers signed the contract extension, although I don't think it's been signed yet, but the reports are that Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. He has confirmed that he's staying in Green Bay. The reports are that Aaron Rodgers is going to get a $200 million four-year deal with $153 million guaranteed. Okay, so that's $50 million a year. It would make him uh, the highest-paid player in the history of the game. So Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Russell Wilson's being traded to Denver. That leaves Deshaun Watson as last man standing. You know, last man in the category of elite franchise quarterbacks, however you want to describe you know, the big swing that Washington was going to make here in this offseason and hopefully connect on. Even though, you know, we've said all along, we didn't think they would connect on any of these. But Deshaun Watson's the last man standing, and as we've been saying ad nauseum, his situation has to get resolved before, you know, you start to make offers to Houston. The good news is Houston's an AFC team. They may be uh they may have a preference to trade him to an NFC team. But You've got to wait until his situation resolved, and it gets a little tricky, and JP and I were talking about this on the podcast yesterday, because now you're into, you know, no Wilson, no Rodgers. I think they knew it was no Rodgers anyway. No Wilson, and now you're into your other guys that you've got, you know, in your Plan C, uh, on your Plan C uh, whiteboard, which is Trubisky and Bridgewater and Mariota, etc. And there's going to be a market for Trubisky. Can you wait until April 1st to find out what the Watson situation is going to be. I do believe, I do believe, I know there's been some reporting on this, and I'm forgetting who reported this now. Well, Aaron Wilson did. Aaron Wilson reported that Washington would have interest in in Deshaun Watson, expressed interest in Watson along with Carolina. I do believe that report. In some of the conversations I had this afternoon, I asked about that, um, and I said, has the reporting Uh, I asked, has the reporting about Washington not being afraid um, to go after Deshaun Watson accurate? The answer was yes. I said, have they expressed interest? Have they talked to Houston? The answer was not sure, but they would be willing to. So 
I, I, I think that Washington would be in on Deshaun Watson, but his situation has to get resolved. So, you know, that one's just a hard one to really predict. But I don't think Washington would worry about the PR ramifications from it, nor do I think they should worry about that. As I've said many times, I'm, they are a walking negative PR show uh, every single day. It can't get any worse. They've got to win. Deshaun Watson, if, you know, healthy, cleared, eligible, he would help them win. Two other things real quickly. I don't know if I mentioned this. Did I mention already, am I being repetitive here, that Philadelphia, uh, I believe, was also interested in Russell Wilson? Um, But again, the preference was to deal to an AFC team. I mean, it's very possible that if Seattle didn't have any qualms about trading Wilson to an NFC team, it could have been a battle among several NFC teams uh, for Wilson. And I think Philly would have been in the mix there. Philly had three first-rounders in Jalen Hurts. They were in better position. They'll be in better position to deal for Deshaun Watson than Washington. You know, you could also argue that Philly's roster, you know, is a quarterback away. I think it's more than a quarterback away than Denver, and I think it's probably more comparable with Washington. The difference is they've got more, you know, dry powder to offer Houston uh, in in the form of three first-round picks, and they've got a quarterback to send back in Jalen Hurts. And by the way, Seattle now has all of those draft choices to potentially trade to Houston for Deshaun Watson, and they've got Drew Locke they could throw in on the deal to back up Davis Mills. Last thing before I break and come back and talk about something that got talked about after the Aaron Rodgers signing or announced um, extension earlier today, which I will get to after uh, a few uh, spots from our sponsors. I was prepared to jump all over Washington for getting outbid, for not being aggressive enough when I saw what the actual package was. It's an impressive package, don't get me wrong. Two ones, two twos, you know, a fifth, and three, you know, two good players, and one guy that they liked a quarterback that is is at the very least a filler for next year or a bridge to something or who knows. I was ready to jump all over Washington for being, we're gonna go out there and swing big and we're we're going for it this year, and then not, you know, outbidding that package not being aggressive enough. But I can't do that because um, what I've learned is that Seattle's preference from the jump was an AFC team, period. And that pretty much uh, pretty much terminated um, any of the conversations with Washington or any of the other NFC teams, no matter what package they put together. You could say, well, they could have offered five firsts. Well, they can't. Okay, by rule, you can offer you can only offer three first rounders, three three years worth of first round picks. So they could have offered this year, next year, and twenty four, and then other picks as well. Um, and they were prepared to. They offered a better overall package of draft picks than Denver did. They were willing to part with players too. I don't know which players, but they were ready to be. And they were already aggressive and were ready to be even more aggressive if Seattle had said they had a chance. But really, 
based on the people that I talked to, they really didn't have much of a chance. Seattle wanted to deal Wilson to an AFC team. They wanted him out of the conference if they got uh, a big-time offer, which they did. All right, there was something else that came up this afternoon after Aaron Rodgers, it was announced, was staying in Green Bay. I want to talk about that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. March is here. The madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Speaking of March Madness, did you see the shot by that dude from UT Chattanooga last night about a 35-footer at the buzzer? Seems like you get one of those every year during conference tournament uh, week in one of those smaller conference that conferences. That was the Southern Conference Final. Seems like you get one of those on like the Monday night of championship week every year. Uh, if you missed that shot, I think the guy's name was John Baptiste. I think that was his last name, a hyphenated last name. I forget what his first name was, but it was an incredible shot. The actions here, March Madness, predict winners in each round of the My Bookie Bracket Contest, and you could win a Bitcoin, you could win a Doodle NFT currently valued at over $50,000, and over 100000 more in cash 
prizes. Sign up today. Use my promo code KevinDC to make your first deposit. You'll earn a free entry into the My Bracket contest at MyBookie. Selections for the bracket officially begin on March 13th. They close on March 17th at 12 noon. So make sure to get your deposit in now with MyBookie at MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag using my promo code KevinDC. If there's something written in the promo code section, all right, Erase it and put Kevin DC and you'll secure free entry. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Uh, I want to finish up with um, four things on the show. Number one, why was everybody talking about Jordan Love this afternoon after Aaron Rodgers uh, you know, that that it was reported that Aaron Rodgers was staying in Green Bay signing that big deal? I must have had a half dozen tweets and three text messages from people saying, so, are we going after Jordan Love now? Where did that come from? I, have we once talked about Jordan Love if Aaron Rodgers stayed? I mean, they just paid Aaron Rodgers, or are going to pay Aaron Rodgers, $200 million for four years. He's going to be 39 years old. If Jordan Love was the heir apparent, I don't think they'd be paying him $50 million a year with $153 million guaranteed. Jordan Love played in that one game you know, at Arrowhead when Rodgers had COVID. And did they score? I think they scored a touchdown at the very end of the game. I think they were getting shut out. Uh, look, I don't know anything about Jordan Love, really. I, maybe he's as good as Mariota or Trubisky or Malik Willis. Maybe that's true. I just don't. I was curious as to where the discussion about Jordan Love came from. I We haven't talked about Jordan Love. What would you give up for Jordan Love? Could you give up anything more than like a fourth rounder? I know he was picked in the first round, but nobody else was going to pick him in the first round. Jordan Love? Weird. Um, let's see where this one goes over the next couple of weeks. Maybe that's all they'll have to choose from. Okay, uh, two other things real quickly to finish up the show. I'm going to save Calvin Ridley for tomorrow. The first thing is this. I got a note from this guy, Jason, on Twitter, who just said, you got it all wrong on Coach K. Sheehan. Uh, it wasn't that he was super pissed because he was really competitive after the game and that post-game uh, tribute uh, where he looked incredibly uncomfortable and it was awkward and the whole thing. Um, He was insulting to North Carolina fans. When he said the loss was unacceptable, that was vintage K being a sore loser and insulting the team that beat him. And then Jason made the point. He's like, they didn't just beat, you know, UNC. they, They didn't just lose to UNC Charlotte. They lost to UNC, Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels. Jason, you were right. I did not talk about that, and you were right to mention it. It's a fair point. You know, I talked about how awkward that post-game thing was and how, you know, upset he was that they had lost the game and how it kind of tainted the whole thing, and it made it, you know, uncomfortable really at times to watch. But I didn't consider, you know, the unacceptable line about the loss. I think he also used the word embarrassing at some point, that he was embarrassed with the way they played. Yeah, that is insulting. And I think if if it had been Maryland that had lost to Duke and I had heard those words come out of Kay's mouth, I would have felt the same way you did. 
I mean, that is North Carolina. North Carolina. The Tar Heels. They were, you know, they were pro- they were probably already in the tournament, but they needed desperately to win the game to lock down a spot in the tournament. I mean, they didn't they lost to their arch rivals, one of the greatest programs in the history of the game, and he called it an insulting performance. Or I'm sorry, uh, he called it an unacceptable performance, which was insulting. Thank you for that note. Uh, lastly, I want everybody to watch Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty on HBO. I watched the first episode last night, and I loved it. Uh, John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss. This is going to be one of those things you got to wait weekend, and it's not Netflix where I can binge watch it. Uh, last, uh, I guess Sunday night, I, I watched it last night. Sunday night was the first episode and there are 10 of them, uh, and it'll end sometime in early May. It's all about, um, you know, the Lakers of the eighties. It's based on a book called Showtime. Um, and the first episode was directed by Adam McKay from Saturday night live. And it's very, I don't know what the style of it is. Um, it's not mockumentary. Although there are mockumentary, there's a mockumentary feel to it uh, because they do turn, you know, and look to the camera and even talk to the camera. But anyway, John C. Riley is Jerry Buss, outstanding. Michael O'Keefe plays Jack Kent Cook. Remember, Cook owned the Lakers, sold them to Jerry Buss in 1979. And in this first episode, Michael O'Keefe plays Jack Kent Cook, and you, if you didn't know anything about Jack Kent Cook, you would think Jack Kent Cook was the worst person to ever set foot on planet Earth. That's how bad and mean they made him uh, appear. I, I think some of it's probably true. He was a great owner, but he may not have been a great person. Um, anyway, there's your recommendation for the day. All right, we're done. Back tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.